We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast with Kareem Safa and Calvin Wetzel. Happy New Year. It's been a hot minute since we talked to you guys. Um, Cal and I decided to take the rest of 2023 off for a little bit of a holiday break um, and come back refreshed and feeling good into the new year, although both of us are not feeling the greatest this week. But uh, it's going to be okay. But Cal, how was your holiday season? It was good. Yes, much needed load management for sure. Uh, But glad to be back. I I missed you. I missed this pod. And by the way, I feel like I need to shout out that you, for our listeners, got an internship with Canada Basketball that you're starting very soon, I think, right? So congratulations. Yeah, I'm, thank you. I'm starting it on January 8th. Um, very excited. That means also my semester is starting soon, my last semester of school. So it's about to get super busy. But um, yeah, hopefully I crush it. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm going to try my best. But yeah, I'm excited. A lot of A lot of basketball stuff happening. Let's go. All right, so let's get into today's episode. Uh, We're going to do some game recaps, some of the bigger matchups from last weekend, and then we're going to have a segment called New Year, New Me. We're going to give you some teams to watch in January that we think are maybe a little bit under the radar right now. Um, But first, let's start with our first segment, which is Coasting Through College, where we go through the recaps of some of the bigger games. Uh, We have Baylor versus Texas, Colorado versus Utah, and UCLA and USC. Uh, we'll start with the first one. Baylor defeated Texas. Uh, they remain undefeated on the season. Cal, what has impressed you most about their squad so far? Yeah, I if, for people who aren't watching, I had to wear my Baylor shirt today um, just to talk about this. I, I don't have a shirt for any of these other teams. Otherwise, maybe I would have, I don't know, <laughs> ro- rotate through on the pod. But, 
Yeah, right. Uh, every every time we switch. But no, it's Baylor is a true team. They're such a team. That's what I love about this team is that N- Nikki Collin has built something that really like they don't rely super heavily on any one star. Uh, if you know they don't care who gets the credit, they move the ball. If someone's having an off night, that's fine. Someone else steps up. Uh, that's what you saw in this game. And to me, like this is one of the most dangerous teams. Emphasis on the word team in the country i like that and i think the word that i would like to use to describe them is depth and i think that's what we saw um in their matchup against texas where they won 85 to 79 and you know speaking of depth, texas did just lose roy harman for the whole season which sucks we feel like we've been just talking about like please no more injuries and they just keep happening Ugh. but um they did lose her but and i wrote this in our notes for the show because we haven't used this word in a while. Freshman fire, Madison Booker performed for Texas, finishing with 25 points, eight assists, and seven boards. How do you kind of evaluate this Texas team moving forward, you know, with this Rory injury kind of affecting just their team overall as we go through the next couple of months leading up to the tournament in March? Yeah, I would love for women's basketball, the New Year's resolution to be stop having everyone get hurt for the season. That's that's been the worst part of the season by far. But this is it's a huge loss for for Texas. Obviously, like one of the best point guards in the country, a huge key to the dribble drive offense her perimeter defense is nasty. It, It showed up in the numbers. If you look at this game like this is the first time all year, obviously Baylor. It's a great opponent. First time all year, Texas had scored below one point per possession. First time all year, they had given up more than one point per possession. By the numbers, this was you know their worst performance on both sides of the ball, and that's that's not a coincidence. You're playing a top team in the country without your star. That's what's going to happen. I think when you look at like what they're really going to need to adjust, uh, when you have a point guard like Rory Harmon, who can be so ball dominant and and put the ball in the hoop and find people without turning it over her, her turnover rates below 10%, which is ridiculously impressive for the type of player that she is. And when you, when you look at this game, like Texas had a season high 22 turnovers against Baylor, that that's not going to get it done. And that's, that's what happens when you're missing your point guard, like their turnover rate when she's on and off the court on both sides of the ball actually is night and day. So they're going to miss that a ton and they're really going to have to sort of figure out how to adjust without that. Do you think it's like good news for them that they were able to keep this one a close one till the end here? I do. Yeah. I think they're still a contender in the big 12. I think Baylor solidified themselves as the contender in the big 12 with this game, but I think Texas still can, can figure it out and be right there at the top of this league. Uh, But it's just gonna, it's going to take a little work. It's going to take some getting creative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there you have it. Baylor defeats Texas 85 to 79. Um, really like what Baylor is doing this season so far. Okay, let's move on to Colorado versus Utah. Colorado wins 76 65, remains 11 and 1 in the Pac 12, which kind of brings me to my next question, which I guess with all these teams that we're about to talk about, how strong is the Pac 12 this year and how does Colorado fit into that? It's so good, and we're going to talk about another amazing game from the back 12 in a second, but it's it's really, really a bummer that this is the last year of the Pac-12, I think, in a lot of sports, but women's basketball in particular, like, why don't we get to see this again? It 
it's so fun. You have Utah, Colorado, USC, UCLA, Stanford, so many competitive teams. And, and this game, right off the bat and the next one, showcased what this league is going to be, I think, in conference play for the next two months. It's going to be a gauntlet. It's going to be amazing theater for us. Uh, I, I was so impressed with Colorado's transition defense in this game. That's that's really how you have to beat Utah. Uh, they held Utah to seven points in transition. Utah's three losses are the three games where they scored single digits in transition. So if you can, uh, you know, South Carolina and Baylor, the other teams to hold them that low, you can do that. You got a chance to beat Utah. Otherwise, you're probably not. So I, I was very impressed with that. And then Jalen Sherrod, she was cooking. She was absolutely cooking for Colorado. I love it when you come out with these stats that are just like awesome. <laughs> I'm like, that's what it's all about. That's what her stats is all about. Um, that's why I love talking ball with you. Um, but yeah, no, a really good game. And then, like you said, speaking of Pac-12, another really exciting matchup. UCLA defeats USC 71-64. Kind of first overall general big thoughts on this exciting matchup and the game that happened. Yeah, it's uh, I I hesitate to say it's like the the banner game because again we're gonna see more of these we're gonna see like Utah versus UCLA and then we're gonna see Stanford versus USC and the, there's gonna be so many but I think so far like this is probably the most anticipated game not just in the Pac-12 but one of the most anticipated games of the year uh, and it was really fun it was really fun I think UCLA continues to convince me that they are not South Carolina, but right there next after yeah. South Carolina in the landscape of the country. And I think, I think this game solidified that even more in my mind. Yeah. Um, they were going to bring up Mark Schindler on this podcast because he said that that was the best game of the season for him. Um, and then when you said that that's convincing you that UCLA is one of those top contenders, it also made me think about all the other times we mentioned him, but um ucla forced juju watkins to shoot 7 of 24 but she still finished with 27 points but she saw she shot 11 out of 12 of her free throws what did you think about her performance against a top contender like ucla especially with you know their defense as well too yeah like i'm not really worried about the 7 for 24 like you said she got to the line a lot she made most of them that it's a lot more efficient than what the field goal percentage makes it look like but obviously yeah. like it, it wasn't her most efficient game of the season which of course it wasn't she was facing ucla that's how it works i do think ucla did a very good job of forcing her into tough looks uh she is a tough shot maker and very smooth off the dribble but ucla basically said that's how you're going to beat us and uh you know you're not gonna beat us at the rim you're not really going to beat us from three. You hit these pull-up middies. You know, that's great. And Juju can make those. We've seen her do it all year. But still, for just about anyone, uh, that's that's the shot that you want them taking. So to me, like what I would love to see from Juju, I think the next sort of evolution of her game, is to add a little bit of a post-up game to her bag. because So she had Charisma Osborne, 5'9", on her in this game. She's 6'2". And again, like that, that UCLA could get away with that because she was she was taking these dribble jumpers, which she can hit. But I think when you have five inches on someone, if you can punish that, I know like post-ups aren't really a huge part of USC's offense, but if you can take advantage and sort of punish them on the block and, and force them to put someone bigger on you, I think that really just opens up 
a new dimension and I feel like she's in her first couple months of college basketball, you know, give her time. She'll get there. I yeah, definitely think that's going to be something that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that's something it'll happen, but that's something that I'm, I'm eager to see her development over her career in that regard. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point for sure. Cause I think, yeah, it's, it, and that almost kind of shows how exciting her potential is for Juju Watkins. Like she's already this good being a freshman and there's like so many different areas that she can just like fully blossom in. Um, but on the UCLA side, obviously Lauren Betts was fantastic as always, but was there a player that kind of stuck out to you in terms of their play in that game or the season overall? Um, I know for me, my answer is London Jones. I've been really, really impressed with her. Um, I think like the biggest thing for me with UCLA is like they have so like like I said before, like they have so much versatility and they've got shooters and London Jones is one of them. And I I just think she's been so fun to watch. She has been incredible and she was knocking down all sorts of timely shots in this one. Uh, I love that one. I'm I'm also going with someone I already brought up, Charisma Osmore, and I think her defense on Juju was stellar. Uh, you know, on the other end, she shot four for 15, but found a lot of ways to impact winning outside of that. Uh, her defense, like I said, her facilitating in this game, uh, she's kind of one of those players that whether her shot's going in or not, whatever, whatever the game looks like, she's going to contribute in different areas and really find ways to just for UCLA to win the game. And that's what she did in this one. Sometimes it's not the most like aesthetically pleasing game, but she's she's gonna get it done so i was very impressed with her all right we love that um so those are our three coasting through college matchups baylor defeats texas colorado defeats utah and ucla defeats usc um make sure you're still watching the rest of those teams throughout the month of january and coming up next we're going to give you some more teams to watch in january angie's list is now angie and we've heard a lot of theories about why i thought it was an eco move your words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broom 
Gate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broom Gate. All right. I like this segment name. Um, new year, new me, teams to watch in January. We love segment names over here on Coast to Coast. Uh, before we get to the teams, Cal, did you make any New Year's resolutions for yourself? Oh, you're putting me on a spot. No, not really. Yeah. I should have. <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I'm, I was too lazy. Maybe, maybe I'll come up with a late one. We'll see. I'll get back to you, but I got nothing for yeah. now. What do you have? I think my, for me is to get back in the gym because <laughs> I've just okay. like, okay. I've been with, with school and just like everything going on and traveling. It's just always hard to get into a bit of routine. So I'm hoping that once I'm back at home after this week, after the winter break, we can start to get into it. Um, my apartment that I live in has a gym downstairs. So I should I have oh, no excuse then. No excuse. Then. No excuse huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like for <laughs> some reason, it's almost harder when it's right in your ground floor. But anyway, that's my New Year's resolution. And I guess too, to watch even more basketball and more tennis because that's my other sport. Um, that's but always a good one. Of, that's always a good one. Yeah. Speaking of watching basketball, we've got two teams for you guys to watch in January. Um, we'll start with. West Virginia. I just want to shout out my friend Bradshaw Furlong because he has been begging us to talk about West Virginia on this podcast. So I know he's listening. And I know he's excited about this. Um, they are 12 and 0. They are ranked 24 in the AP poll this week. Uh, Cal, I love your reaction. Well, I didn't know you had a friend who wanted us to talk about West Virginia. I, I when I put you didn't them know on I had a friend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got one. Yeah, no, I pod. did. He's He's a big fan. Um, so, yeah, he, it's actually funny because we hung out like maybe two weeks ago and he was like, I'm still waiting for you guys to talk about West Virginia on the pod. So we're doing it today. We're doing it today. Well, that worked out perfectly. I, yeah. I love this um, team. Yeah, I was going to say, what have you enjoyed about this team so far? Yeah, well, I think uh, if, if anyone follows, like not to do the men's comparison thing, but if anyone follows men's basketball and followed from like, I don't know, 2015, 2016, 2017, around that era, like West Virginia had these nasty pressure teams like press Virginia is what everyone always called them. And now we're seeing press Virginia on the women's side. It's so cool. Press Virginia is back. Mark Kellogg in his first year as, as a head coach coming over from Stephen F. Austin, where he also ran the hardcore press and he has brought it to press Virginia. They press as much as anyone in the country. Almost their entire starting lineup averages two plus steals a game. Uh, it's at the moment would be the second highest steal rate ever in the Herb Stats database. And I think this is the best press in the country. I know a lot of people talk about Ohio State, and that's who we thought it would be coming into the year. I think it's West Virginia. I think West Virginia has the best press in the country right now. It's a 2 2 1. They mix it up sometimes, dropping back into zone or dropping back into man in the half court. But Mark Kellogg came over and, and he inherited JJ Quinterly, who is a perfect fit. She was already with West Virginia. Perfect fit. There she is at, at the top of this press. Their quickness, her defensive tenacity. She has said explicitly she wants to be West Virginia's all-time steals leader. And at her current rate, this season averaging 3.3 steals per game, it would take her 55 more games. She's a junior, so she has a real shot at doing that. Mark Kellogg also brought over Jordan Harrison, transfer from his last stop, Stephen F. Austin, who is a fantastic compliment to, to JJ at the top of that 2-2-1. Two, two, Those two really just get after it at, at the top of that. And 
it it they make life so so difficult it's it's so hard to prepare for and it's it's so hard when you go up against this team to even if you break the press you're off it you got like 20 seconds left now 18 seconds left you're starting your offense so much later in the clock and you're already just exhausted from having to break this press that it, I think it really just helps them in the half court as well. Mm-hmm. We love that. We love really good defensive teams. Um, all right. So West Virginia, their next two games, since we did say these are the teams to watch. So we got to give you when they're playing and where they're playing. Their next game is against Cincinnati on January 3rd, which is today. If you're listening to the podcast at 7 PM Eastern on ESPN plus, then, then they play a very high-ranked team that we talked about earlier in the podcast, Texas, on January 6th at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. So make sure you catch those games. Um, I'm excited for West Virginia versus Texas. Cal, what about you? I, I am too because that we talk about Rory Harmon like being a big loss, particularly when it comes to ball control and, and protecting the ball and turnovers with your point guard and this is the last team that you want to go up against if you're Texas without your star point guard who protects the ball going up against this ridiculous press. Like you never want to get someone get hurt, but it would have been a lot easier. I think if Roy got hurt after this game and not before, because this is going to be a huge, huge challenge for Texas without, without her. But uh, I, I think West Virginia is going to win this game. And I think, I think West Virginia, when it's all said and done, uh, I don't know if they would win this game if Rory were playing, to be fair to Texas. But I I think when it's all said and done, that West Virginia is going to be right up there, maybe just behind Texas and Baylor and, and right up there with Kansas State, really, in this league. All right. Well, you heard him. Press Virginia. Keep an eye on them. Press the Virginia. Let's let's get it started. I want to see Press Virginia going around on, on social media. Get it trending. Um, I'll make sure to clip that. <laughs> but let's go to our second team, um, which is Nebraska. They are 10 and three right now. Um, Cal, you have players to watch on this team that you think people should know about? Yeah, I, I got a few of them. I love Jazz Shelley, uh, the fifth year senior, basically combo guard, I guess you call her, uh, can, can really shoot it, uh, runs the offense and Alexis Markowski has been significantly improved this year in the post uh she's she's up to her efficiency across the board and and then natalie potts i think this is the third podcast that i've talked about natalie potts uh and i'll, I'll talk about it on any podcast that that i'm on that that it comes up because she's been more freshman fire and uh for nebraska and, and what she's brought to this starting lineup i think in terms of some of the intangibles first off and and just her her fit off ball with those two players, uh, Jazz and, and Markowski, who are going to have the ball in their hands a lot, I think has been huge for this team. So I think this is a team that could be a little bit sneaky in the Big Ten. Like they're not going to win the Big Ten. I'm not going to get crazy, but they're already two and zero. They have a road win at Michigan State, who's been very good. We saw them come very close to knocking off Iowa yesterday. So that's been, that was a great road win for them. They have a win over Maryland already their uh their second win in the Big 10 and they only play Indiana once to play Indiana this Sunday and then not again for the rest of the year they only play Ohio State once the schedule kind of sets up favorably for them as well with who they play twice and who they play once so i think this is a team that can 
make some noise in the Big Ten. And like I said, not they're not going to win the Big Ten. But when you talk about the Big Ten's big three with like Iowa, Indiana, and Ohio State, and you start looking at the next tier, I think Nebraska can be firmly in that next tier alongside probably Michigan State and a couple others. I like that. Is there something specific about them that you've particularly enjoyed so far this season? Yeah, I, I think just like 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 I said, the way that Natalie Potts like cuts uh, and and moves off of Jazz Shelley and off of Markowski in the post, and the way that they really sort of take what the defense gives you. Like if if you're gonna double Markowski, they have these other ways to beat you. If you're gonna if you're not gonna double her, she's gonna eat in the post, right? If you're gonna try to take away Jazz Shelley, uh, like. They're gonna. They got other options too. Darian White is someone I haven't even mentioned yet, uh, coming over from Montana State, who's given them a huge lift. I think so. They they just have a lot of different options, and and it's a really fun, exciting team. Okay, I like that. Um, and their next two games, one of which you did mention, their next one is Wisconsin on January fourth at nine p.m. Eastern on the Big Network, and then Indiana on January seventh, which is the Sunday at two p.m. Eastern, also on network um so those are our two teams to watch in the month of january of west virginia and nebraska or sorry i should say west virginia and nebraska do you have like a fun nickname for nebraska at all oh i don't uh, nebraska ball i guess is the easy one Nebraska. Uh, (laughs) i don't know if i have another one but i I think we can that's like my level of pun that's i didn't come up with that i can't yeah oh i'm I'm sure Yeah, I'm sure that's a common one, uh, but that's just funny to me, Nebraska ball. Um, but yeah, those are our two teas to watch the month of January. Hopefully we didn't scare you away with the puns. Um, but yeah, that's all the teams. And then obviously the ones that we recapped uh, coasting through college. There's a lot of lot of college basketball this month in January. Um, it's going to be interesting to see as we get closer and closer to March, which teams kind of separate themselves from the rest and some of the maybe more surprising teams. I'm always looking for that kind of Cinderella story once we get to the NCAA tournament. Um, so that'll be exciting. Uh, we do have a small programming note for Coast to Coast. Uh, starting next week, we will re- be releasing our podcast episodes on Tuesdays. Uh, we've been releasing on Wednesdays till now. So for those of you that are always looking for the show in your podcast feed or on YouTube, uh, we will be releasing on Tuesdays this year just to adjust with uh, my new winter semester schedule, like we previously mentioned at the top of this podcast. But uh, we're still going to be coming at you weekly um, with college coverage. And then WNBA free agency is very, very close. Uh, Her Hoop Stats will be doing a free agency podcast on Saturday. I think it's live at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, I will be in that podcast. I am the GM of Atlanta and Minnesota. So uh Let's, let's have some fun. It's going to be interesting. All right. All right. All right. I didn't know you were on that this year. I can't wait to tune in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be home because I'm flying back on Friday. So hopefully it will be a lot of fun. I'm already having some trade requests in the work slack for stats. So I got to <laughs> go in and vet through those. Uh, but yeah, it should be a ton of fun. You can probably find that on the Her Hoop Stats YouTube page. And that's going to be all for us this week on Coast to Coast. You can find us on social media at Her Hoop Stats, myself at Karina MM, find Cal at CWetzel31, and we will see you next Tuesday.